Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Committee and the Highways and Transit Subcommittee, just sitting there, uh, maybe kind of forgotten by those who can move it forward and pass it into law to provide more safe and secure parking for our nation's truck drivers. Uh, the national call-in day was to let them know that we, all of us, have not forgotten it, so did you make the call? Our show this evening is the seven biggest mistakes by CDL students and new drivers, but before we get to that... I'm going to let Donna bring us up to date on how the National Call-In Day for Jason's Law went today. She's been on the phone all day long, and uh, we'll see what's going on out there. So, Donna, how did it go today? What happened? Well, it was incredible, and hello to everybody, and thank everyone. The support uh, this time around uh, was unbelievable. Um, Everybody with the blue ribbons on Facebook, Twitter, uh, it's just incredible. It was heartwarming. Anyway, last time uh, we we addressed the um, infrastructure, the transportation and infrastructure committees. We spoke to them last time in June, and we were pretty much told, at least I was, by um, uh, Congressman Oberstar's office, that it was it was most likely going to be attached to the Surface Transportation Authorization Act uh, or safety lieu. And we weren't happy with that because a lot of times when bills get uh, placed on the end of another bill, nothing happens. And that's what ha- what's been happening for the last 12 years. <clears throat> Just to give a little bit of background on Jason's Law and uh, the, the situation that's being addressed with it, there is a a confirmed lack of parking. Uh, it's been there's been studies done from the FMCSA uh, over 10 years worth, and it appears that these uh, parking shortages are not being addressed. Now we have even more shortages because of the rest areas that are being closed up by the states. Uh, the other problem is the HOS laws. Drivers are made to uh, break after 11 hours. That's a law. And uh, now we have CSA 2010, 
if they are stopped for any reason and they look like they are fatigued, that they will get a 10-point slap. That's the maximum you can have slapped on your CSA uh, basic uh, score. Uh, and, and on top of that, not finding the parking available, it's almost like it's a setup of a catch-22. Okay, you have to take your rest. If you don't, we're going to punish you, but yet we don't have enough parking areas. So this is the problem. Then we have the, the what happens when they don't have parking. Well, as in the case with Jason Rivenberg, he, he decided he was going to find a spot, and it was an abandoned gas station. He, he felt, well, I need to rest. This is where I'll go. And we all know he was shot and killed. Otherwise, they continue to drive, tired, causing a safety risk on the road, and the thousands of people have no idea that many of these drivers are tired and they're driving and they can't find rest, so they're unaware of all this. So these are, these are the problems uh, with, with the lack of parking situation. As far as today goes, I, I've been on the phone all day. I, I just got off a few minutes ago before the show. I spoke with Hope, and she was telling me her good news. Uh, she spoke to the majority leader, Barbara Boxer's office, and that is in the Environmental Public Works Committee, and that's the Senate side of Jason's law, S-971. The, uh, the, the House side is H.R. 2156, and that's in the Transportation and Infra Infrastructure Committee. That's what we addressed last time. So this time we're in the Environmental Public Works. She has an appointment at 12.30, a meeting to discuss everything, uh, the needs of Jason's Law, and to see what they can do with it. On the other side of that coin, the most hopeful uh, part we had on, on all of our conversations today was in the same committee, the Environmental Public Works Committee, but on the minority side with James Inhofe of Oklahoma. And his professional transportation staffer uh, told me that they are extremely upset over the, the parking shortage and uh, that it needs to be addressed, and they were 100% behind it, and they plan on doing something about it. He also said he wanted to commend everybody today, all the phone calls. He said it's, it's truly commendable, and it's the only way, he said, that we're going to see anything happen for this truck parking shortage problem as far as he can see, and this is exactly what it t he, it's going to take. He also said to please call him. If you want to discuss J uh, Jason's law with their department, uh, he's, he's all ears. The number is 202-224-6176, and uh, they are uh, full supporters of Jason's law. So we have the, the majority leader and the minority leader uh, on the Senate side of the Environmental Public Works Committee, and they both appear to be for this. So I think we, we're looking good. I know Hope was very uplifted tonight when I spoke with her. And I can't, I can't thank everybody enough. Um, Danielle of Truckers Strike and Drivers Alike, she's put out a, a, a tremendous effort. I mean, I really shouldn't even name names because there's, there's actually literally hundreds of people doing this tonight. But um, 
anyway, so uh, that's that's pretty much what I have here. I mean, I have to go through all the scribble to all the notes I made from each and every person I spoke to, but the one that really stayed in my mind was um, was the minority James uh, Inhofe of Oklahoma. I was really uplifted by uh, by speaking with them, and, and so was Hope with uh, Barbara Boxer's office. So we'll we'll keep you up to date on uh, everything that's going on, and we're just going to keep calling. Today is the first day, not the day, but the first day. And uh, and we're just going to keep calling all the different offices and representatives that need to be called, and I hope all of you do too. Okay, so um, so they were telling you they had received a lot of calls, huh? Oh, everybody I spoke to was overwhelmed with calls today. Everyone, and that include I, John Micah's office, who is the minority for the uh, Transportation and Infrastructure Committee on the House side. Um, I, I have I can't even read the rest of my notes here. Oh, um, Ginny Brown Waits' office. Uh, she said that they have been receiving a, a tremendous amount of phone calls, and that's just a little a little county down here, uh, area down here in Florida, in the uh, very rural area near Brooksville. So uh, everybody I spoke to has been overwhelmed with calls today, which is an excellent. I know North Carolina, someone in North Carolina was overwhelmed with phone calls today, and that wow. just says this is much, much bigger than last call-in. Um, the, the support is just unbelievable. Uh, we're just thrilled to death. Uh, Hope was so happy tonight and encouraged, and she's going to be speaking with Congressman Tonko, Tonko's office, about it again, and uh, we're planning on another show with uh, with them and we'll try to get one of these uh, representatives from from these committees on the show with us. Okay. Well, wow. I didn't know you found out all that. Yeah, I'll tell you. I know you've been busy with your 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 show and your notes and your research, but I've been on the phone all day and and just you know going on and on. So. Uh, well, I think we can call it a, a success. I, it was, it's a big success today. It was a very, very big victory for all of us. But that doesn't mean that we stop. It just means it's encouragement to keep going. Oh, yeah. Because if we stop, it, it's going to stop. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for the update. Uh-huh. All right. Well, it's going to take everyone um, uh, behind this bill to take action and do what they can to help uh, Jason's law become law. And uh, so a lot of good news there. And like Donna said, just uh, it doesn't end there. Just keep going. Keep going for it. And uh, we'll, we'll keep following it closely to see what happens. So when we, uh, when we come back, the seven biggest mistakes by CDL students and new drivers this evening of the um, second national call-in day, for Jason's Law. I'll be right back. Jason drove that truck Reaching for that blue-collar dream Hard-working man Making a living Driving that big machine He loved his son Joshua and hope his wife But for seven dollars he lost his life 
with nowhere to rest in between his loads. He was shot to death on the side of the road. Say a prayer for Jason. Say a prayer for Joshua and Hope. Say a prayer for all the truck drivers stuck out on the road. Just say a prayer. Say a prayer. Say a prayer. They say accidents are rough because of driver fatigue. Closing their stops when they know that's what we need. You can't find a place, so you're stuck for the night. So you park on the road and you risk your life. I don't know about you, but it makes no sense to me. If they'd pass Jason's law, you'd have a place to sleep. Say a prayer for Jason. Say a prayer for Joshua and Hope. Say a prayer for all the truck drivers stuck out on the road. Just say a prayer. Say a prayer. Life's about doing what is right And doing right has no price Pray they'll pass Jason's law in his name And he didn't die in vain No, he didn't die in vain Joshua and Hope Say a prayer For all the truck drivers Stuck out on the road Just say a prayer Say a prayer Say a prayer Say a prayer For Jason Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866 866- 
512-568-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. The song you heard was, of course, Say a Prayer for Jason from When the Big Rigs Don't Roll CD, written by David Ayers and Barry Allen and performed by John Johnson. And you can get your copy of the CD by going to our blog at askthetrucker.com, and you'll see the music player right there. It really is a great music CD. And uh, let's keep, uh, keep the momentum going. A lot of good news. And, Donna, I just saw you wave at me. You had something else, huh? Yes, I was speaking with David Ayers, one of the uh, writers of the, of the CD. And as everyone knows, uh, they're donating. Uh, they were don- donating up until September 15th. A portion of uh, all sales made on the CD, they have extended that. Um, I haven't heard of a date when it's going to end, but they have decided in support of Jason's Law and the momentum that is carrying on that they want to continue to support helping uh, Hope Rivenberg, her family, and Jason's Law. So please, if you want to order the CD, um, we do have that link on our blog. It's uh, it's right on the top button. Uh, it says Big Rig CD. So if you go to askthetrucker.com, Click on the the link and order it from there, and uh, a certain amount of the proceeds do go to uh, Hope Rivenberg. So thank you, David and and Barry Allen, uh, for doing that, for extending that. Uh, And they didn't mention when it was going to end, so um, I don't know. I don't know if it will end. Okay, well, good. Yeah, I didn't know. I'll have to go in and change it. It's the uh, button at the the top that says Big Rig's Fun. And it's a great CD, 10 songs. Uh, I think the CD is like $15, but a portion will go to the Rivenberg family and to help her with her expenses and costs and to just keep supporting Jason's Law. So not only do you do a good thing, you also get a great CD out of it. So, okay, I'll, uh, I'll do some changes on the sites too, Donna, after we're all done here. Right. Okay, all right. Well, most often uh, people just coming into trucking as a career have no idea what they're getting into, and misleading information by the recruiters and even other drivers don't always paint the real picture of long-haul trucking, and and once in, many times the lifestyle just doesn't fit the newcomer's ideology of what life on the road can be like. So based on thousands of emails, phone call conversations, and so forth from newcomers to the industry, uh, let's talk about seven of the biggest mistakes by CDL students and new drivers, uh, from my perspective at least. And um, I've kind of written them down, and uh, just again, based on just so many conversations, the emails I've received, and we'll count down seven to one, and we'll see how it goes here. So the seventh uh, biggest mistake by CDL students and new drivers is believing that there's big money in OTR trucking. And because all too often they'll hear uh, just what the recruiters and people want them to hear, that there's seventy, eighty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 a year that can be made at over-the-road over trucking. And the $100,000 figure that you hear a lot has to do with, uh, with them trying to pull you in as an owner-operator through one of these trucking leasing, uh, trucking company leases. And um, 
sometimes when, once you have the experience, you can often you you might be able to pull in that hundred thousand figure. That's a gross figure, but just beginning your career, starting off and jumping uh, head in, uh, feet first into a uh, lease program from a company. Um, doesn't work out too often. In fact, most of these uh, company lease programs in the past have shown to have an 87% failure rate. So when you hear these $100,000 figures and see all these advertisements and everything, just just got to walk slowly and be careful. I mean, the average over-the-road driver in the U.S. earns between 35000 and 42000 per year, and that's gross. And that's during good times, during this during this recession that we've been going through, drivers were reporting 25, 27 a year. Now that's coming up, freight's picking up, and they're seeing that a little bit. But the average over-the-road driver in the U.S. earns between 35,000 and 42,000. That's for a company driver, and so that is what you should expect and be prepared to earn with the understanding that it could be less at any given time. And as you learn and uh, learn the ropes and gain experience. That income could come up, but that is the average uh, for drivers in the in this country. And at number six, this is a kind of odd one, but I've I've just heard too many things from uh, uh, drivers right out of graduate school, CDL graduate school. But thinking the starter company actually cares about you as a person, and sometimes they say, "Well, Alan, you're being kind of rough." And it really doesn't have to do with the starter company. It really has to do with a lot of the companies. And it's not quite as terrible as that sounds, but you have to keep in mind that they're in business to move freight, and they're in business to make a profit. And I'll give an example. I was with a really good company. I mean a good company. And had a death in the family, and I was 121 miles from home, and it took me three days to get home, even with something like that. So this is why I throw this in as number six. Um, even with something as serious as that, it took them three days to get me home when I was only 120, 121 miles away. They just kept giving me a freight to move here, to move here, to move there. And that is just, that's just the way it is. They... Um, they're in business to move freight and make money, and uh, we hear it all the time from uh, veteran drivers and CDL graduates alike that uh, they go through things like this, and even though when there's a, an emergency at home, and they just still kind of drag their feet and get that freight moved, and that is one part of, that's just one part of the industry that you'll have to accept, and and you have to remember that as a newcomer beginning your career, you can be excited and and just ready to go. And but the honest truth is that many many fail at trucking when they're first starting out in the thousands. They will fail at trucking, but not because of anything you do, but due to some of the games some of these companies play. And I mean, like I said, trucking companies move freight. So you, in the beginning of your career, especially are most often just a number, just a driver, a new student driver being paid at the lower end of the pay scale, moving the freight, bringing them more profit. And the recruiters are trained to, to uh, talk the talk and tell you what you want to hear. But you have to understand in the beginning, uh, a lot of these companies don't even expect you to stay in their employment. In fact, many of them will see to it that you don't. 
at the start of your career, understand that the company cares not so much about you or your family. Their only concern is moving the freight at the cheapest way possible. And the way they do that most often is to constantly move out student drivers, which they can pay at the low end of the scale. There are good companies out there. There are really good companies that treat you right and bend over backwards and, and do what they can to help. But as a beginner in this industry, 99% of the time, you're not going to be able to jump in on one of these companies that I call a good company. You're going to, you're, you have no choice but to go with these starter companies, and they serve a purpose. Don't get me wrong. They serve a purpose. They get you in the industry. But uh, a lot of games go on with these companies, and you're going to be at the lower end of the scale. It uh, doesn't really matter if you move on. I mean, there's one driver moves on. There's ten waiting at the door to jump in the truck. So that's just the way it is. So um, that's one thing you're going to have to keep in mind when you're starting your career. Uh, another m mistake at number five is leaving your first driving job too soon, and we see this all the time. Uh, many CDL graduates write me and uh, complain that, uh, they were hired by a trucking company, and after 30 days or three months or whatever, they ended up quitting due to the lack of miles or various other reasons, as many of us know. But if you uh, if you land a trucking job right out of CDL school, you need to try your best to stick it out with that first company that has given you that job opportunity. Uh, for years, veteran drivers have gotten away with job hopping, but not so much now, and certainly not for newcomers just starting out. So leaving the truck driving job after only one, two, or three months is really like digging your own professional truck driving grave. Uh, at first, the, the company just possibly shelled out thousands of dollars for your training, and secondly, they will look at you as someone who really is not serious about being an over-the-road over driver. And, and again, they most likely will turn around and file a negative complaint on you against your DAC report, and this DAC file could turn out to be your nail in the coffin. So um, just remember, once you get that job starting out, you need to be committed and you need to stick with it. Um, a lot of times I just hear from so many that, that quit after two or three months because of something the company's doing. That's part of it when you're first starting out. That's the pay your dues that you hear that so many people talk about. Your chances of starting out as a new driver and pulling in $1,000 a week right off the bat is just not reasonable. I mean, it could happen, but not usual with a new CDL graduate and beginning your career with one of these starter companies. So after finishing CDL training and, you're fi and you find yourself as one of those new drivers who, who, land, who lands a job with a company, just be prepared to run the road for at least one year, uh, at least. I mean, two would be even better, but at least one year. But that one year is really the magic number, but I like to even throw in an extra year and say two years. So keep in mind that Many of the really good trucking companies out there require two and sometimes three or more years of verifiable driving experience. That's why they are the good trucking companies. So be prepared for at least one year of sacrifice and commitment. 
two years would be even better. And um, because if, if after only a few weeks or even a few months uh, you're just not making it and you have to quit, just understand that this is one of the ways a new CDL graduate can almost certainly ensure ending their truck driving career before it even begins by leaving that first driving job too soon. And uh, number four, we have, this is an odd one too, but I, I put this down because of, uh, again, so many emails and people that I talk to. But number four is believing you are going to be part of a brotherhood. And uh, I know that's kind of odd, but years ago a trucker could break down on the side of the road and within 15 minutes there would be five, ten, a dozen other truckers stopped to see uh, if they needed any help. And that's not so much the case any longer. Uh, you still see a little glimpse of it here and there, don't get me wrong, but um, for whatever reasons, the past brotherhood, as it was known of trucking, is nearly dead and gone. Uh, many newcomers look forward to making the move to long-haul trucking and becoming part of a somewhat secret society and, and uh, included within this brotherhood. And again, like I said, there are still, of course, um, you know, thousands of truck drivers across the nation conduct themselves in a highly professional manner. But overall, I most, I believe most will agree that the brotherhood of trucking in the past, as we knew it, has uh, long been lost and appears that it's never going to return. So don't get caught up in uh, this glamorization of some kind of brotherhood and you're going to be a part of this society because that's just not the way it is anymore. Um, like I said, you still can see little glimpses here and there, but the brotherhood as it was known is just just not real, just not really there anymore. And that's just uh, one reason I threw that in there because I hear this a lot from from uh, CDL graduates that they're really looking forward to this and and um, they they become disappointed. I mean, I I I go by drivers. Um, who work for the same company I'm with. Or I, I pass dri other drivers that I know and and uh, don't even wave. I mean, they just <laughs> that brotherhood is, is is pretty much dead and gone, and I don't think it's ever come, going to uh, to come back. And uh, so don't let that be a, one of the things that pulls you in uh, to this OTR trucking, because the thing is to know what to expect and and in reality know what to expect and not have your hopes up so high that uh, you're going to uh, crash before you even get started so uh, we'll take a short break when we come back uh, the final three biggest mistakes by CDL students and new drivers be right back as an owner operator you understand the importance of saving every dollar wherever you can and insurance is one of the biggest expenses a business owner can face rickfolk.com works with over fifty of the top insurance carriers across the u.s. to bring you the best insurance coverage at the best price if you're an owner operator small fleet owner freight broker freight forwarder whatever your trucking business entails rickfolk.com can save you money and in today's economy we all know how important that is they also offer a wide selection of discounts that can even save you more of your hard-earned money. Discounts like having already been an owner-operator, business experience discount, a CDL discount, radius of operation discount, and they can even take care of your truck insurance filings. 
You can get a price quote in five minutes or less right from their website, rickquote.com, or give them a call toll-free at 888-701-1795, rickquote.com, making trucking insurance simplified. And be sure to tell them that Alan Smith sent you. Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. And, uh, hey, did you hear some of this news that just came out today? Um, or is it? I had it here somewhere. Um, you hear about this uh, firearms theft, these guns that were stolen, um, which turns out to be the largest firearms theft in uh, Montana history. Um, it says right here, according to authorities, the robbery took place in the early morning hours of August 3rd, 2010 at the Conway Freight Company in downtown Billings, Montana. 133 firearms belonging to MT Sports were stolen from Conway, including 113 handguns and 20 long guns. And the uh, ATF and the Billings Police Department are investigating the burglary, which both agencies described as a serious threat to the community. And I can imagine the ATF and the Billings Police Department believe the suspect or suspects specifically targeted the location with the intent to steal the weapon. So if you have any information about this crime, contact the Billings Police Department or the ATF over this uh, largest firearms theft in the history of Montana. And that just came out today. And another thing is um, have a trucking company that will pay $10 million to settle harassment claims. And um, this goes back a ways, uh, back to 2006, I think, when it really first began. But the, the owner of trucking companies Roadway and Yellow, will pay $10 million to settle federal allegations that black workers at two Chicago-area terminals were subjected to racial harassment. And YRC Incorporated uh, did not admit to any wrongdoing as part of the consent decree, which received preliminary approval from a federal magistrate Tuesday and announced today by the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And so in this lawsuit that was filed in September of 06, the EEOC had alleged that black workers in Sauk Village and Elk Grove Village were subjected to racist comments and graffiti, as well as crudely made hangman's nooses. So you remember that story? Uh, the employees complained of harassment to supervisors, but YRC didn't follow up on those complaints allegedly uh, according to the EEOC. So some of the money will be paid to current and former workers at the two terminals, and as many as 300 workers will receive letters within the next few days explaining how to file a claim. And the EEOC said that it had been prepared to go to trial next month on the lawsuit, but at the same time had been engaged in ongoing settlement talks with YRC. So they have settled that for $10 million. So, um, okay, the seven biggest mistakes by CDL students and new drivers down to number three, moving towards success too fast, too soon. Uh, because one thing, uh, achieving that CDL license and finally jumping into the big rig solo and heading out across the U.S. can be exciting. We can all understand that. You're wanting to get rolling and start working towards a successful career in over-the-road trucking and You've heard about the big money that owner-operators make, and you want to be a part of it. But 
As a new newcomer to the industry, the best possible means to success for you is take it nice and slow. Because all too often, uh, new drivers will want to immediately become an owner-operator, taking on all the responsibilities that come with that, and and uh, when in fact they are just beginning to learn the industry itself. So it's a recipe for disaster. And and there's a lot of things to learn about the OTR industry. And most importantly, the company you are hiring on with or the company that you're interested in uh, later on down the road, are they one of the good companies? And will they give you consistent miles? Are they supportive of owner-operators? Uh, what are their freight lanes? How often will they get you home? I mean, just so many things, a ton of information about an industry and its practices that you are just beginning. So uh, keep in mind that on any given day, uh, there's veteran owner-operators who uh, are still struggling financially, trying to make, trying to make it work with uh, whatever company they're with, maybe one of the starter companies under one of these truck and company lease plans. Um, they, um, I mean, there are good companies with decent owner-operator programs, and uh, you just have to learn the industry and know which ones these are. Ask questions. Find out. Experience. So take your time. Don't just come right out of CDL school, drive for three, four, five months, and decide, hey, I'm going to be an owner-operator. Um, it's just a recipe for disaster. We I see it over and over and over, and it's been going on for years. Learn, learn the business. Learn the trade. I mean, I admire the entrepreneur spirit, but to jump into an owner-operator position or small fleet owner business or whatever before learning the ropes of the industry most often will just be a setup for failure. So give yourself between three to five years of driving experience and learning the industry. And uh, that should be enough time to learn the good from the bad and to make better business decisions. Uh, a lot of people I know have uh, driven seven, eight, nine years before they even considered buying a truck and becoming an owner-operator. So give yourself time, learn the industry, and don't be wanting to just move towards success too fast too soon. Uh, number two, uh, second biggest mistake by CDL students and new drivers, in my opinion, choosing the wrong CDL truck driving school. Uh, and this can be tough. Um, this can be tough for a lot of people. So what questions should you ask and what should you be looking for in a truck driving school? Um, first, is the school licensed by the state? Is it accredited? And more importantly, is it certified? So to understand these factors, we got to understand what each of these terms represent. So a state business license shows that the business in question has filed and paid the appropriate fees and have met the guidelines set forth by the state, which allows them to legally operate that business within the state they reside. So very important, be licensed by the state. Being accredited refers to schools that have been accredited by an agency that has been approved by the U.S. Department of Education. And only truck driving schools that have been accredited are entitled to have access to federal student grants and loans, so that's very important. If it's accredited, you can have access to the student grants and loans. And uh, there's actually very few truck driving schools that have achieved uh, being accredited because of the tough standards and the expensive process. So a truck driving school that has been accredited shows that they have met 
one of the highest standards for education, so very important to look for that uh, being accredited. Certification, on the other hand, pertains to a truck driving school that has met the training standards set forth by the trucking industry. So certification shows that an independent third party, unrelated to the truck driving school, has inspected the school and has officially certified that the training offered to the students have met the basic skills required to be a truck driver uh, within the entry level. And PTDI, you've heard me talk about this, Professional Truck Driver Institute, PTDI is the only organization that currently certifies truck driving schools, and it's based out of Alexandria, Virginia. And certification is voluntary, and a truck driving school is not required to be certified by PTDI. So you got to keep in mind, even though you hear me talk about this, that just because a school is not PTDI certified doesn't mean they're a bad school. But nevertheless, being, being certified under PTDI only further justifies the school's reputation. So these are the things you specifically want to look at when choosing a school. Is it licensed by the state? Is it accredited? And is it certified? And certification meaning by PTDI. And um, in addition, there's just so many things you really need to look for finding a truck driving school. They should offer late model vehicles, um, similar to those that you're going to be driving in the real world. And I wouldn't be concerned if the trucks are, are not bright, shiny new ones, since this is a training facility where the trucks, they receive rough handling and, you know, the, they really get put through the, the gears and put through the test by the students, but they should not be out-of-date equipment either. And um, I'm really not big on schools that train you in automatic transmissions. Uh, I can pretty much assure you that in reality you'll be in a 10-speed manual transmission. Um, there are some companies that have put in, that have put that have put fleets uh, of automatic trucks on, but. Overall, in general, the industry operate on manual transmission. So if you go to a school that has an automatic truck for training, um, you stand a big, big chance of being hired by a company that doesn't have automatic trucks. So there you are. You've got a CDL in your hand, a company ready to hire you, but you learned in an automatic. So that's just me. I don't, I don't recommend that at all. So. Um, and another thing is, if it was me, I would want to train in a conventional truck and not a cab over. Sometimes you'll still see a school that has cab overs. And uh, these cab over trucks, uh, they're nearly extinct. I mean, they're, they're nearly gone. So uh, uh, just another, another thing you'd want to look at to uh, just train in conventional trucks. Train in the trucks that are out in the real world and uh, better prepare yourself. And you'll also want to know the... Uh, student to truck ratio and the student to an instructor ratio and the lower the number the better uh, a lot of truck driving schools will have a student to truck ratio of 10 to 1 so obviously you're not going to be in the truck actually driving very often and this also brings up another issue you'd want to look at and that's observation time and you'll hear this from time to time from some of these truck driving schools uh, quite often these schools will have three to four students in a truck at one time and while one is driving, the others are to observe. And this is a complete waste of time and money. Um, 
you don't need to be sitting there watching somebody else drive a truck. That's just absolutely ridiculous. So uh, watch out for observation time. I mean, that's not where your, your time and money needs to be going. You need to be driving, and uh, so that's one important factor there, too. And uh, there's, there's three types of truck driving schools, private, public, and motor carrier. And uh, a private school is acceptable but will be very costly. And um, because of that, I would recommend um, looking around. I mean, you're talking some bucks when you find a private school. Uh, a truck driving school by a motor carrier is simply a school where you train maybe two or three weeks with a carrier, and then you'll have to ride with a driver trainer for several more weeks. And this plays a big part in the industry. I mean, um, a lot of times going with a company training, uh, very little dollars you have to put down. Um, it, I mean, finances are tough, so that, that helps a lot. And it serves a purpose. People who uh, don't have enough money or just don't have the finances to pay for another type of school, uh, these companies do serve a purpose in that way. Um, but just uh, I don't consider them the absolute best training. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of drivers refer to them as CDL mills. There are companies that have a good good training. Uh, I'm specifically talking about uh, the starter companies. Most of the starter companies, um, you'll get trained, you'll learn how to drive, you'll get with that trainer. Uh, if you don't, if you just don't have the finances, that's one way of getting into uh, into truck driving. So they do play their part. Uh, but one again, keep in mind that. Uh, you're going to be required to work for that carrier and that carrier only for at least one year. And uh, more than likely, you're going to be paid at the bottom of the pay scale, and um, that's just the way it is. That's one form. The best school for CDL training, in my opinion, is, is the uh, public training facility. And uh, generally, these are your Votech schools because PTDI certification requires students to have 44 hours of actual driving time. So this is a minimum. Uh, any training that states you will receive your CDL in a few weeks, uh, not, not the best training program to go with. So to achieve the best training where the trucking industry will take notice, will still take notice, will, will, uh, could take you three or, three or more months. But this is where the VOTEC courses will come into play because not only is the training usually three months or longer, but the actual time for driving, really hands-on experience, will actually uh, most often exceed the 44 hours required by PTDI. And in addition, the VOTEC training uh, is most often uh, cheaper, well, definitely cheaper than the private schools and uh, most often even cheaper than the motor carrier truck driving schools. So. Uh, not only can you achieve the best training possible with a uh, one of these Botech courses, uh, you could end up paying hundreds of thousands of dollars less. So, I recommend getting your training through a Botech school. Uh, the only exception is, like I said, finances are tough. You don't have the money. Uh, you can't come up with the financing. Uh, the companies that do offer training, especially the starter companies, that is one way to get into trucking. Uh, so those are your three types there. So uh, uh, just be aware of that. And because uh, really to be the best at anything just takes determination and the willingness to learn. So uh, investigate the truck driving schools that you're interested in approaching. 
And uh, with the right training and the willingness to invest the time, money, and effort, um, you'll come out all right with that CD and that, that CDL, and that is what uh, it's all about. And uh, the number one, the number one biggest mistake by CDL students and new drivers, failure to get started ASAP, and I see it all the time and I hear it all the time. Uh, the largest sector of industry is the trucking transportation division. There's about 8 million CDL holders in the United States with around 4 million active truck drivers. Uh, there's roughly three-quarter of a million for hire and private carriers in the U.S. Uh, they employ over 8 million people, and stats show that one in every 15 people are actively employed through some kind of trucking transportation. So uh, it's a big sector. Uh, businesses spend on the average 88 cents out of every dollar for shipping their goods by truck. And truckers carry nearly 70% of all freight combined, and the trucking industry serves over 80% of all the communities in the U.S. for the products they receive. So what does this all mean? It means the trucking industry can offer a lot of job opportunities. <laughs> but it also means once you receive your CDL license, there's no time for waiting. Uh, even without an economy in a recession, uh, we all know just thousands of people look at the trucking industry for employment. And the spot that is most often available is the driver position. So once you complete your CDL school and you have your CDL in hand, you've got to get started driving right away. Because all too often, for whatever reasons, a new uh, CDL graduate will, will uh, decide to wait a while before starting that first driving job, and uh, their first mistake is thinking that now that they have the CDL, they'll always be able to land a driving job now or even later, and this isn't the way it is anymore. The time to act is now right after graduation, right after CDL school, because remember regulations and policy state that a driver hire must have one year recent verifiable driving experience before they can be hired by a trucking company. So by completing an accredited licensed CDL school, you have met the qualifications for driving experience in which a company looks for, for, uh, for hiring. So you're eligible now, not later. So if you decide to wait and see what kind of driving job comes up or you just want to sit on your CDL for a while and see what other opportunities are out there, you're actually making the number one biggest mistake as a CDL student or new driver. If you don't get started driving ASAP right after CDL graduation, right after school, uh, you're going to find yourself with a CDL license that is totally worthless. Um, even waiting a few short months before uh, landing that driving job. Um, most motor carriers um, will no longer look at you as a recent graduate. You'll find yourself right back at the beginning and, and quite possibly having to attend a CDL school all over again, or at the least try to find a school that offers a refresher course. And just a refresher course can run about 1500 bucks. So why would you put off grabbing that job opportunity right out of graduation, um, knowing that if you wait too long, several months down the road, 
you might have to spend another $1,500 for a refresher course. So if you wait for several months, and especially I've talked to so many people that even after a year they haven't, they haven't taken a job yet or couldn't even find a job, but even after a year before going to work as a truck driver, uh, you're, you'll find your CDL license is worthless, and you'll have to pay for CDL school all over again, so don't let that happen. As soon as you finish CDL school, begin your driving career right then and right now. So don't put it off. Don't wait. You have to get started driving immediately after finishing CDL training. So number one, failure to get started ASAP. Don't let it happen. Get that CDL. Graduate. Um, even if the job isn't the one, maybe you have, maybe you had a company in mind, and another one picks you up. You got to go for it. You got to grab it. And uh, attitude plays a lot of things. I, I'm known for um, uh, talking a lot about companies, uh, the things that they do, things that they go on, the scams, and uh, but keep in mind that attitude plays a big part too. Uh, you get that opportunity for that first job right after school, um, you got to take it. You can't wait. You can't go, well, I really wanted to uh, drive for XYZ. You know, maybe I'll give, me, give myself some time and, and uh, maybe they'll come after. If you wait too long, you're going to go back to school, spend the same amount of money or at least a refresher course. The CDL is worthless, so don't let that happen. So, um, our time's counting down, so thanks for joining us this evening on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites. And we'll leave you with another tune from When the Big Rigs Don't Roll CD, Big John's Coming to Town. So thanks for joining us again. Let me find this thing here, uh, and we will see you next time on Truth About Trucking Live. So for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe. To Rose's truck stop outside of San Antonio. Thought I stepped out of my cab into the twilight zone. Truckers all around me looked at me and stared. I even saw one cross himself and say a little prayer. A waitress grabbed my arm and whispered, What you having, dear? I just whispered back to her what's going on in here. Somebody yelled, a woman screamed, someone fired a gun. Skinny Cook hollered, Big John's coming, save yourself and run. Don't hesitate, contemplate, save yourself and don't slow down. Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough. Big John's coming to town. Big John's coming to town. Down the street, couldn't believe my eyes. A wild man in a Peterbilt, a cougar by his side. Snacks were blowing flames when he locked those air brakes down. Big cat followed him inside just like he was a hound. Man gave me the evil eye, shuffled by me like a bear. 
Grabbed six cans of Red Bull and downed them with a stare. Drank hot coffee from the pot, never blinked an eye. Right there on that spot that day, I thought I would die. Don't hesitate or contemplate, save yourself and don't slow down. Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough. Big John's coming to town. Big John's coming to town. Tossed a three-pound steak into a frying pan Turned it once and turned it twice Grabbed it with his hand Ate it all with habaneros Finished it with a belt Flames flashed from his smoking lips Breath as hot as hell Then he turned and looked me in the eye With a crooked grin Right there on that spot that day I thought it was my end Big man said, do you know me? i never seen you around Stranger, we both better get out Big John's coming to town Don't hesitate or contemplate Save yourself and don't slow down Don't grab yourself, ain't time enough Big John's coming to town 